telling you to stay positive. When you're baking a cake for your family, and your kids are hopped up on caffeine, your fluffy cake is now kind of lean. Remember, don't be mean, stay positive. When your bank account is close to red, you want to cry yourself to bed. It could be worse, you could be dead. Remember what I said, stay positive. Oh, come on, put your hands together this morning. Let's go. Hey, your Bible says this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Anybody glad to be here? Come on, if you're just glad to be here today. Uh, before we jump into a brand new series that we're doing, we always want to welcome our extended church family, Go Church. As many of you know, we are one church in two locations. So we have the, the wonderful church family right here in South Metro Atlanta area, but then 700 miles north from here in the greater Washington, D.C. area, meeting specifically in Germantown, Maryland, is our Go Church family. Come on, all of you in-house, make some noise for them. Let them know you love them. Come on, lift your volume up a notch. Let them know you love them. There you go. So glad to be connected to you all, and, and here's the truth, the, the same God that you worship there is the same God that we worship here, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Also, all of you viewing in online, we're glad to have you back. Now, last week, we couldn't live stream because of copyright laws, because of Sunday Fun Day, which, by the way, anybody loves Sunday Fun Day? Come on. Absolutely incredible, but online campus, we are back in business today, and we're so glad that you're tuning in. Maybe you're going uh, to, to vacation because it's, uh, it's that kind of extended fall break weekend for so many students in our county here, and so you're getting some time to travel, or maybe you're in between work and you're just viewing in online, wherever you are, whoever you are, thanks for tuning in. As a matter of fact, all of you watching online, jump in that comment section, let us know where you are watching from so we can show you some love and give you a shout out there, and then and last but certainly not least, we always give honor to all of our brave military men and women that are serving our country. Come on, you can do better than that. We salute you, we're thankful for you, and we applaud you. So we're, we're kicking off a brand new series, and we're calling it, check this out, Stay Positive. On the count of three, both campuses say the title of this series with me. Ready? One, two, three. Stay Positive positive and I am most excited about this series because because I need it most in my life I think more than anybody I need some I need some positivity anybody with me truth be told there is an epidemic of negativity that is sweeping across our nation it's sweeping across our country it's sweeping across our world would anybody agree with that and if you, if you ever have time, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, to actually sit down and listen to the news, then, then that's probably the reason that you feel depressed so much, because the news is quite depressing. Uh, some, some call it fake news. I just call it bad news, because that's what it is. I mean, everywhere we turn, there seems to be more bad news. I mean, between uh, here in, in South Metro Atlanta, we have two gatherings. Between the first gathering and the second gathering, my phone dinged with a notification that said 20 people have died in New York City because of a limousine wreck. Everywhere we turn, there's bad news. If you watch, if you watch the news, they'll, they'll tell us that, that our country is doomed, that, that we're going to hell in a handbasket. 
Seems like every day there's, there's more and more mass shootings that we wake up to or, or that we watch. You know, you, if you, only if you live under a rock can you not feel the, the racial tensions and injustices that fill our country and the challenges that come with that. There is worldwide violence. And if you read your Bible, you know that, that we're just being set up for the return of Jesus Christ. But everywhere we turn, even while things are going well with the economy, there are still people that are skeptical, thinking, is this going to continue on that way? And then let me just pause right here, and I'll, I'll be very, very careful and even go against what some of my mentors said I should do. But I need to tell you this, because this series is for me more than anybody else. Over the last few weeks, I have been absolutely captivated by this whole Supreme Court process. Uh, I have watched hours. I have read hundreds of documents on this process. I was, I was, I was reeled in from the beginning, from the announcement of the nomination, and then all of a sudden, the allegations, and then the investigation, and then yesterday, the confirmation, yet sadly... That whole process that played out worldwide simply threw more fuel on our fire of negativity. And we, we looked like as a country and our government that we were some big circus. And I, I watched, and at times, like you, I felt, I felt anger, I felt frustration, and, and you felt fear. As a matter of fact, some of you woke up this morning with a surprise look on your face because you thought the world was going to end today. And we have this, this understanding that everywhere we turn, there is negativity, negativity, negativity. I mean, you, you can't go out to eat with somebody complaining about the food. It's the world we live in. You can't get on social media without seeing somebody complain about something. So over the next few weeks, here's what we want to do. I want to challenge you to stay positive. And, and even, if, even if you don't hear anything I say, I hope that little annoying song that they just played a moment ago is stuck in your brain every day. Do, 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 do. Stay positive. That's what I want right there. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to kick off this idea. Stay positive, And we're going to look at this thought. I'm optimistic. I, I am optimistic. Now, now, typically, there are two types of people. There are the optimists. And then there are the pessimists. And you know the difference, but just for conversation, the optimist uh, says, my cup is running over. The Lord is really blessing me. Come on, how many of you are like that? You're, you're optimistic. Well, the pessimist says, my cup is running over. My God, there's going to be a mess to clean up. Come on now. And there is a difference between these two perspectives and personalities. As a matter of fact, Winston Churchill famously said it like this. He said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. But the optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Come on, that'll preach, won't it? Right there. Now, now I don't know who said this one, but, but I find it not only hilarious, but so true. Anonymously, they said, you should always borrow money from a pessimist because they'll never expect it back. Come on now, that's what I'm talking about. 
And a few years ago, uh, Saturday Night Live, anybody ever watched Saturday Night Live? Okay, about four of you admitted that you're not so holy right there. Come on. Saturday Night Live, they put out this skit, and they're always producing all kinds of skits. Uh, years ago, Saturday Night Live actually was funny. In, in recent days, I don't know so much, but years ago, one of my favorite characters that SNL uh, portrayed was this lady named Debbie Downer. Anybody remember that character, Debbie Downer? Or how many of you know somebody that is a Debbie Downer? Okay, well, well Debbie Downer. Downer, and she could have used this Stay Positive series, uh, it didn't matter what room she walked into, but she could always suck the positivity out of that room. So it didn't matter what was being celebrated. It didn't matter what was being, you know, talked about. Debbie Downer would bring doom, and she would bring gloom, and she would totally change the mood for the whole room. Anybody know somebody like that? You might be sitting next to them. Don't, don't nudge them. Just follow along. Matt, we don't have time to show you many clips of Debbie Downer, but I think seeing one will kind of connect you better to this personality. Check out this clip of Debbie Downer. Good morning. Welcome to the Mickey's Breakfast Jamboree. My name is Billiam, and I'll be serving you today. You guys here on a special occasion? Well, we're here on that new Magical Gatherings family package. Got the whole Matusik clan down from Ohio. Right, guys? Say hi. Hi! Well, great. Let me tell you Mickey specials today. We've got steak and eggs served with some home fries and Mickey waffles. Woo! I love me some steak and eggs. <laughs> Ever since they found mad cow disease in the U.S., I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> it can live in your body for years before it ravages your brain. <laughs> You're enjoying your day, everything's going your way, and along comes Debbie Downer. Always here to tell you about a new disease, a car accident, or killer bees. Who beg her to spare you, Debbie, please, but you can't stop Debbie Downer. Come on, how many of you know a Debbie Downer? Let's admit it. Now you know who I'm talking about. Now, now that video is funny, right? It's funny, and we, we laugh at it, but let, let's be real for a moment. Some of us can act the exact same way. Uh, we, we can live and take up residence in a state called negativity. So let, let's be honest for a moment. Some of you already decided, I, I don't like this series that you're doing. <laughs> Stay positive. And you know why you don't like it? Because you don't like this church. I don't like the new preacher. He doesn't wear a suit. I don't like that. The music's too loud. So cold in this room. Come on now. It's so cold in here. At Go Church, some of them are saying, I don't like that preacher always on the big screen, you know? And then some of you are thinking, I don't, I don't like this positive preaching. I like all this, po I want some good hell, fire, and brimstone. Come on, give it to me, hot and heavy, right? Yeah, and then some of you, you think, well, this has to be some new age, mega church, feel good, positive preaching. But let me tell you right now and hear my heart, it's far from that. This, this isn't some feel-good, watered-down sermon or message. You, you need to know something. When, when I look at everything that's happening in the world that we live in, it's easy to find ourselves being negative. But watch this. I'm optimistic not because of what I feel and not because of what I see. I'm optimistic based on what God says. Come on, church. Help me out. 
I'm optimistic, not because of what I see in the natural, but because of what God is doing in the supernatural. And somebody needs to know this truth. You will never see a rainbow if you're constantly staring at the ground. Your Bible says in Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Come on and put your hands together and worship Jesus. Yeah, my help comes from the Lord. So look up. We can't be a bunch of ostrich-type birds that bury our head in the sand as if there wasn't, you know, challenges and difficulties and pretend it all away. No, no, no. Speaking of birds, have you ever compared the difference between a buzzard and a hummingbird? I know you've probably heard an illustration like this before, but entertain me for a moment. Uh, A buzzard all day, every day does one thing. A buzzard looks for things that are dead. That's it. So a buzzard all day flies around looking for dead things, and guess what the buzzard finds? Dead things. But have you ever considered a hummingbird? All day, every day, a hummingbird flies around... That was pretty good, by the way. Come on. I practiced that. Looking for things that are sweet. And guess what the hummingbird finds? He finds sweet things. Here's the point. You will always find whatever it is you're looking for. So if every day you wake up with a negative perspective, you will find negative things. If you wake up every day looking for the sweet things in the midst of painful things, then you will find the sweet things. And this isn't just my words. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27. The Bible says, if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, watch, it will find you. On the count of three, both campuses, I want to read this together aloud. You ready? One, two, three. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. So again, today, I'm very optimistic. Not because of what I see in the natural, but because of what I know God is up to in the supernatural. When I look at at TV, when I read the paper, when I get on social media, when I listen to the radio, I know that it sounds like the world is falling apart, but I've come just to encourage somebody today that I am still very optimistic because my hope and my confidence is not in the things of this world, but in Christ alone. So here's what I want to do, and you're going to have to write fast because we got a lot of content to cover in just a few minutes of our time, but I want to give you eight things or eight reasons why I'm optimistic out of the book of Romans chapter 8. Because again, I'm not optimistic based on what I see. I'm optimistic based on what God says. And when I read the word, come on church, and I get to Romans chapter 8, there are some reasons that you and I should feel encouraged today. There are some reasons that you and I should feel very optimistic today. And let me start off by this one. Number one is this. I'm optimistic because my sins are forgiven. Come on, let's take about five seconds right there and pause and give Jesus praise for his grace and his mercy. Come on. If you are saved, you ought to be thankful. And I know some of you are like, oh man, I was hoping for like a a big tax return or cheaper gas prices or something. And then here you come out with this one, my sins are forgiven. May, May this never be a point of optimism that we take for granted. Come on, for the wages of our sin is death, but the gift, the gift is eternal life. The Bible says this in the first two verses of Romans chapter 8, 
Paul says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives what? Life has set you what? From the law of what? And death. That's good news. Let's go back to the top half in verse number one. Because this word condemnation, it literally means a sentence of damnation. A sentence of damnation. But watch. There, for those who are in Christ, there is no sentence of damnation. Because if you are in Christ, if you have called on Jesus, if you have confessed your sin and asked the Lord to come into your heart, then he has set you free. Are there any free people in the room? Come on, both campuses right now. Anybody free? Yeah. He has set us free from both sin and death. So I am super optimistic today because I know that my sins are forgiven. And watch this. Because my sins are forgiven, then my eternity is secure. If I'm in Christ Jesus, living my life according to his word, then then watch. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. And that just encourages me to know that this world is not my home. All the stuff that happens in this world, this is just somewhere I'm passing through. But there is coming a day. Come on, church. Help me preach for a moment. Where there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no violence, there is no murder. Come on. There are streets paved of gold. Come on, church. And I am looking forward to that day because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. We've got to hurry. Watch this. Number two, another reason that I'm feeling very optimistic today is because my mind is filled with peace. My mind is filled with with such peace. It is, it is the peace that passes all of my understanding. And I'm so glad for that because there's a lot of stuff I do not understand. Do you, are you like me and you ever just scratch your head at the decisions of people? Do you ever wake up and wonder like, what, what is, I don't understand this. What, what is happening? Look at verse number six. The Bible says this. The mind that is governed by the flesh is death. But the mind that is governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, now what is the opposite of peace? It's worry. And so many of us, we wake up every day and we live in a constant state of worry. I've shared this before in other settings, but we get our English word worry from the German word vergen. And that word literally means to choke or to strangle. And isn't that what worry does? Come on. Think about the times in your life where you've worried about something, and maybe that time is even now. Here's what I've learned. Worry will never, ever, ever be able to stop painful things from happening to me. Worry is not powerful enough to stop the bad things from happening. So what worry ultimately does is it just stops us from enjoying everything that's good. It robs us. It chokes the life out of us. It strangles the life out of us. And what happens to so many of us is this, is that we let our mind be governed by a political party. I wish you'd help me out real fast. 
we let our mind be governed by Democrats or Republicans or independents or tea parties or whatever else is out there, right? Instead, we ought to let our mind be governed by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And when we let our mind be controlled by the Spirit, then we get to experience both life and peace. Come on, put your hands together right there because that's good stuff. You got to let your mind be controlled not by the things of this world, but by the Holy Spirit. So when you wake up, you can know that your mind is filled with peace and not filled with worry, not filled with fear, not filled with doubt, not filled with uncertainty, but it's filled with peace. Number three, are you writing down everybody good? If you're good, say I'm good. Okay, we got to go through them because I got eight of them, and I want to get all of them to you today. Watch this. The, the third reason that I'm optimistic, not because of what I see, but because of what God says, is this. My future victory is greater than my present pain. Come on, anybody going through something today? Then there's confidence to know that, again, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we, we are walking through it, Right? The Bible says this in the 18th verse, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now hear me. I'm not saying that whatever it is you're going through isn't painful. I know that it's painful. I know it's hard. I know that you might feel like quitting. I know you feel like your back is up against the ropes. I know you feel like throwing in the proverbial towel. So I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you that it's not painful. All I'm saying is that when you compare whatever it is to what's on the other side of it, come on now, then there is no comparison. Uh, James, let, let me help you out. James says it like this. James says in chapter 1, uh, verses, verses 1 and 2, he says, Brothers and sisters, consider it pure joy. Consider it joy whenever you face trials of many kind because you know that that trial, that painful situation, whatever that is you're walking through, it is a testing of your faith and it will produce perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you can be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Listen to me. Perseverance is coming. Maturity is coming. Glory is coming. Victory is coming. So stop comparing your present pain with your future victory because if you let God do it, he will conform you and mold you and mature you into whatever he's calling for you to be. So you can just rest in confidence that your future victory, which by the way, we've read the end of the book, baby, and we win. Come on, church. If we are in Christ, then we are victorious. So that future victory is greater than our present pain. God is just using it to conform you to what he's calling you to be. Everybody good? Watch this. Number four. The fourth reason I feel optimistic is because the Holy Spirit helps me in my weakness. Anybody ever wrestle with uh, the flesh? Three of you. <laughs> good, good. Some of you just lost that battle right then when I asked the question. Or you feel, you feel weak? Here's, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, again, verses 24 through 26. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Now watch verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit 
helps in our weakness. Whenever I am down, it's the Spirit that picks me up. Whenever, whenever, I am, whenever I'm hurting, it's the Spirit that provides comfort. Whenever I'm alone, it's the Spirit who sticks closer than a brother. Whenever I am weak, it is the Spirit, not by might, nor by power, but it is His Spirit that gives me strength. In another book of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he continues this thought and he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9. He says, and watch this, he says, God's grace is all you need. Signed, sealed, delivered. Could you imagine what your life would be like if you lived in that confidence? That, that God, your grace is all I need. But he goes on and he says, watch, he says, God's power works best in your weakness. So Paul says, so now I can boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Uh, let me translate it like this with this thought. What if instead of you hiding the weakness, pretending like there wasn't a weakness, getting down and defeated and discouraged about your weakness, you allowed the weakness to draw you closer to a God that wants to help you in your weakness. Because even on your worst day, on the day that you hope never happens and never comes, if that greatest fear ever became a reality, even on that day, there is a God that we can know more personal and more intimately. Why? Because when we are weak, He is strong. Come on, that's a great place to put your hands together and to give Jesus some praise. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I know in my life, I need the Holy Spirit to help me in my areas of weakness. Watch this, number five. You, you, are you good? Everybody good? Stay positive, baby. Come on. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them, say, stay positive. Now tell the other person you didn't pick. Yeah. Tell them, say, stay positive as well. Number five, watch this. God is working everything in my life for my good. Do you believe it? Even if you can't see it, do you believe it? That God is working everything in your life for your good. Do you really believe that? Here's what the Bible says in Romans 8, 28. It's one of my favorite verses of Scripture because it's a promise that I can hold on to when, when things that I see, come on, when things that I see don't seem to line up with where I'm going, I can hold fast to this promise that in all things, not in some things, not in a few things, not in a piece of things, but in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Come on, that's us. And who have been called according to his purpose. Now watch this. This verse does not say that everything that happens in your life is good. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that the divorce you went through or are going through is, is good. It doesn't say that the loss of a loved one or, God forbid, the loss of a child or the loss of a job or a broken down car or a sickness in your body. It doesn't say that that is good. Your Bible just says that over time, if you allow Christ to be in the middle of it, that, that he'll watch this. He'll turn that thing around. 
and that, watch, and what the devil meant for evil, God will make good. That is his promise right there. It doesn't say that all things that happen are good. He just says if you just, if you just hang on, if you just hang in there, then I'll turn that thing around and make it good. Uh, you know, my, my pastor, Alan Matura, uh, one of the greatest preachers of the gospel, uh, love him so much. Can I give you a, a little advance notice here, but in November he'll be preaching for us live here. You don't want to miss that. We'll give you some more info as it comes. But one thing that you may not know about him and Dr. Valerie is that they are incredibly educated. Now, you can get that from the content that was produced all the years of pastoring this church. And, you know, and this isn't me trying to win brownie points. I'm already the favorite brother, son-in-law. So to my brother-in-law, take that, you know. Um, I always kid and say that mom and dad have more degrees than a thermometer. Come on now. And you may not know that he has a, a degree, a master's degree in world history. Yeah, come on now. I also have a master's degree in world history. I got it off Google. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> come on, stay positive. Have fun, people. So, so I, I thought that I would, I would share a little uh, historical story to, to bring the point of God working everything in my life for my good uh, to life for you and then also to impress, and to impress dad. True story, by the way. Uh, you can Google this for accuracy. There's a general by the name of James Stockdale, and he was an admiral in the U.S. Navy. He was assigned to fight in the Vietnam War, and en route to that battle, his plane was shot down. The plane was going to crash, and so he had to parachute out of the plane and hopefully land safely, but he actually parachuted into a small village where he was captured as a prisoner of war, a POW. He was, he was in that prison for seven years, seven years, stuck in a three-by-nine windowless concrete cell, and the only piece of furniture in that whole cell block was one hanging light bulb that was on for 24 hours a day, all day, every day. They would shackle his hands and feet at night to keep him from attempting any type of, you know, escape. And uh, the history goes on to tell us that there were actually 11 other prisoners that were POWs in that same location. Let me get to the, the good part of this story. Thankfully, he survived. He survived after seven long years. And in, in an incredible book by Jim Collins called Good to Great, Jim Collins interviewed General James Stockdale about this experience as a POW for, for seven long, terrifying years. And the general talked about how he had to face that situation with great optimism. Great optimism. And he talked about in the book how it wasn't a blind optimism. He knew in his heart that he was going to be stuck for a while. He knew that, let me put it into context for us, that it would be a season that would last longer than he had hoped for and even prayed for. So it wasn't a blind optimism. He knew that things were going to be bad, and they were. They were horrible. But watch this quote. Watch this quote of the optimism that the general spoke with and lived out. He said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted not only that I would get out, 
but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. Is that not incredible? Listen to me. You and I, we may not be prisoners of war. We may not be in, in, in shackles in our hands and our feet against the physical enemy, but, but the spiritual enemy has got us locked up in a season that we don't necessarily want to be in. A season of loneliness. A season of, of bad health. A, a season of depression. A, a season where maybe you just lost a loved one or you lost your job or you just, you just feel stuck. Somebody needs to hear me, whether it's in this room, online, or at our Go Church campus. God is working everything in your life for your good. You don't believe, you don't believe me, let me, let me show you. I want you to see it. We've all been here before, every single one of us, where we thought, God, what are you doing? What's going on? What has happened? Never expected things to turn out this way. And watch this. And how many of you, by a show of hands, you thought that God had messed up? Come on. You don't have to lift your hand, but he sees all. He knows all. Let me tell you, your God is big enough to take you being angry for a moment, by the way. That'll mess your theology up, won't it? Now, you can't live there. You can't take up residence there. But I think it's okay to say, God, what are you doing? Because then you position yourself for God to actually do whatever it is that he's wanting to do. Now, the same people that just raised their hand, how many of you would testify that it actually turned out better than it would have if you would have taken control? Yeah, there's an old saying in the church that I grew up in that said, sometimes you just need to let go and let God. Let God be God because he truly is working everything in your life for your good. Come on, by faith, put your hands together. Come on, church, and receive that promise. Yeah. Uh, all right, number six. We got to keep going. I got a few more. Number six is this. Uh, I'm optimistic, not because of what I see, but because of what God says. And here's what he says, and here's what I know. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? Here's what the Bible says. Watch this, uh, verses 32 and 33. If God is for us, who can be against us? There it is. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And some of you are sitting there, you're thinking, who can be against me? Everybody. It seems like everybody's against me. Some of you are thinking, my boss is against me. My, my co-workers are against me. In this season, my, my friends are against me. My family is against me, me and my wife. We argue all the time, you might say. You might say, my, my own children don't even like me. Some of you are thinking, the IRS is against me. Come on now. <laughs> One person even said, even my own dog don't like me today. Come on. I know, I know what that feels like. I do. I'm not just saying that, but in recent weeks, I, I have been publicly criticized for simply wanting to love people. I can't tell you in this season of transition, and I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody except the devil. It is what it is. But people that would verbally, vocally, in written form, 
call me names and say things about me. Even in this past week, uh, there's been certain people that have taken and used the leverage of social media to call me out on stuff. Matter of fact, let me show you what they said about me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I wouldn't waste your time and I won't give them the time. Come on now. I read some of this stuff and I can't help but laugh. Now, here's the truth. People will criticize you. People will hate on you. People may not like you. People will take shots at you. But if God is for you, then what does it really matter? If God is on your side, then what does it really matter? As a matter of fact, I need to tell somebody that today I'm filing for divorce. I tried to make it work. I did the best that I can, but it didn't work out, so I'm filing for divorce. I'm divorcing the opinions of all the haters. Come on now. Say whatever you got to say about me. Talk about me. Text about me, gossip about me, run your mouth about me, use Facebook to say whatever it is you got to say about me. But I got news for you, honey. If God be for me, who can be against me? Come on, church. Hey, oh my God. That co-worker can say whatever they want to say about you. That boss can say whatever they got to say about you. The neighbors can talk whatever they got to talk about you. But somebody ought to stand on the word of God. That if God is on my side, what does it really matter? So let me take a moment and let me look into the cameras for a second. Those of you out there that like to use Facebook to talk about me, be careful because your thumbs might get carpal tunnel, baby. And at the end of the day, I'm still going to be standing right here, walking in the confidence, walking in the anointing, walking in the calling. And the next time you see me out in public, I'll embrace you with a hug and tell you, the Lord loves you and so do I. But sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me because I've got the word of God. God, and if God be for JC, who, who can be against me? Come on, 11 a.m., I'm doing better than you're helping me out right now. Come on. Hey, one of the things you've got to know is this, is that Christ is always greater than your critics. So, so I, I, I choose just to listen to them. So you, you think, oh, I'm going to get them. Oh, I'm going to hurt them. Let me tell you, longer the days of me losing sleep over you. Is this for anybody else? Because it's very therapeutic for me. Anybody else got somebody talking about you? Talking about your family? Because watch this, new levels mean new devils. But new levels also means the same God, the same, come on church, the same anointing. So I'm not walking in my confidence. I'm walking in his confidence that if God be for me, who? Who can be? You ought to save your breath and save your time. Look, let me tell you, you need to know this, and I hope you take this to heart. I'm preaching hard. We're having fun, but I'm telling you the truth. When I go to bed at night, I sleep like a baby. And when, and, when, and when one side of my pillow gets too warm, I flip it to the cool side, and I keep on dreaming about the future. 
And this is what I know. When people aren't talking about me, I need to do something better. When people are talking about me, I'm walking in the will and the word of God. Come on, 11 a.m., put your hands together and love on Jesus. Come on, go church. Come on. Turn to somebody and tell them, if God be for me, who can be against me? Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to keep going. Number seven is this. Number seven is this. I'm optimistic. Why? Because Jesus is praying for me. You're talking about me, and Jesus is praying for me. Oh, that feels so good to know that he's calling me by name. That he has seen every tear. He has heard every cry. And he's sitting, the Son of God, at the right hand of the Father, and watch, here's what, the, here's what the verse says, not just my words, the word. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. At, at Go Church, there is an incredibly special couple to Kimberly and I. All of the families there are so special, just like here. But, but there's this one elderly couple that from day one of our arrival, they just kind of adopted us in. Charles and Mary Smith, and they, they are so precious. Uh, the one thing about this couple, though, that you need to know is that they know how to pray. If I ever needed prayer for anything, they were never too busy. They were never not available. They would stop whatever it is they were doing. And watch this, and, and more times than not, they would call me and say, Pastor, you need prayer. <laughs> yes, I do. And, and we, we call him Brother Smith. Brother Smith has this powerful prayer hand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you can see the prayer hand coming, and you know, when that prayer hand touches me, fire is going to hit me, you know? So he'll, he'll reach out with that powerful prayer hand, and then he'll take the other hand like it's a spiritual antenna to tune in to the things of God. It's like, beep, 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 ha! Man, this guy can pray. This guy can pray. I didn't share this in the first gathering, but... Uh, he called me uh, the front half of 2017, and he said, hey, can we go to coffee? And I said, of course. He said, I'll let you pay. <laughs> I said, I like that. So we went to coffee, and we sat down, and he looked at me. Uh, I don't know his age. If I did, I probably wouldn't share that, but just full of wisdom and maturity. And he sat across from the, the Dunkin' Donuts table, because that's my flavor of choice, because it's better coffee and cheaper than Starbucks. Let me just go ahead and tell you right there, all right? Stay positive. And he looked at me and he said, you're leaving. I said, I'm, I'm not leaving. He said, you're leaving. He said, the Lord told me that you were moving. I said, what are you, who are you talking to, man? Because they need to talk to me. He said, I'm just telling you, get ready. The Lord's about to move you. And he began to weep at that table. And he said, he said, you know, I'm older. He said, I don't, I don't ever want to have another pastor. He said, but I want you to know that we release you to go. Within months, this whole transition began to reveal itself. That's the kind of man that he is. Now, I say all of that to say this. You may not have a Charles Smith in your life. You may not have a person that you could call any day, any time. Doesn't matter. And they already know. I can't, I've called him before. He's like, I knew you were going to call. I've been waiting by the phone. You may not have that in your life, but I'll do you one better. 
you've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. And even now, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the criticism, in the midst of whatever trial you're going through, come on, your Bible, the Word of God, it says this, that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of his Father, and he's saying, Dad, Dad, come on, touch this family. He's calling you by name. Touch Roger. Touch Alan. Touch Kimberly. Touch that family, Dad. Come on. According to your word, according to your will. And it says that he's interceding. I mean, he's not stopping his prayers. He's calling you by name. Let me tell you, that's why I'm optimistic. Not because of what I can see. What I see is terrifying. But it's what I cannot see. That Jesus himself is praying for me. Oh, to God be the glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands right where you're sitting. Come on, and just thank him for the prayers that he's praying for you. Jesus. Here's the last one, and I've got to be finished. Watch this. Number eight, I'm so optimistic because nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Here's, here's how Paul writes it. He says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. He goes on. He says, I'm going to cover it all. Neither height nor depth nor anything else that has been or ever will be in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord you know this, there are consequences for our decisions. That's not what this is about. But what I am saying to you is you will never, ever hear God say over you or about you or to you, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> no matter where I go, God's love is there. No, no matter what I do, God still loves me. And no matter what happens to me, God is for me. So... Today, in week one, I'm not optimistic because of what I feel or see. I'm optimistic because of what God says. And he says that my sins are forgiven. He says that my mind is filled with peace. He says that my future victory is greater than my present pain. He says that the Holy Spirit will help me in my weaknesses. He says that he's working everything in my life for my good. He reminds me that if God be for me, then who can be against me? I'm optimistic because Jesus is praying for me. And I'm optimistic because nothing can separate us from his love. Can you put your hands together one more time? And love on Jesus. Here's the truth, and we'll close. You want this type of optimism? This type of optimism can only become ours. We can, we can only take possession of it if we are in Christ. If you're in Christ. So that leads me to this question. Is your faith in Christ? Is your trust in Christ? Is your hope in Christ? Are you in Christ? 